Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And I'm Father Shane Demon. <clears throat> Father Shane, I've got a, a horse voice that you a just foggy this morning. That you just described <laughs> as bar voice in the musician world. Uh, I was standing outside at the uh, second round of playoff football last night uh, to watch the Healing Crusaders um, beat Sioux Center um, to go on to the Dome at UNI in Cedar Falls coming soon. Whenever this comes out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, soon. But it was, it was wild. You saw it. We were just talking about it. But triple overtime, one by one point. Yeah, I saw the headline. Congrats to uh, to your school and the Crusaders there. And I'm sorry, you just got you know so enthralled with the school spirit. Now your voice is a little groggy there this was, morning. There was some exciting uh, turns uh, that happened that were in, you know important in the game that mm-hmm. required that I and I happened to be standing by the student section. And, Required Full some and active requir- participation. <laughs> that was what I had. I also need you to know, Father Shane, that I purchased my first um, piece of healing swag. Really? Uh, well, for a specific reason. So, as you know, it's the 75th anniversary of your alma mater, uh, Bishop mm-hmm. Healing Catholic High School. And uh, what has been pointed out is that the first year in 19... 19- you've, you've told me this before because the, uh, the kind of original logo is... Um, well, it's, a, it's an H and a C, or it's a C and an H, kind mm-hmm. of intertwined like the Notre Dame logo, right? Mm-hmm. And you've pointed out that many people think, because like neither letter is, is like primary, they're kind of on mm-hmm. top of each other. You pointed out that the question was, well, it stands for Healing Catholic, presumably, but that the very first year, the school was called Central Catholic High, right? Right, so Catholic, that was the original history. Catholic High, right? Which right. I think is the most iconic name of a school of all time, just Catholic high. Right. So I don't know if I told you this, but um, our basketball team are going to have throwback jerseys um, mm. that they're going to wear for special games that are gold and just say in white letters, Catholic high. Okay. So they made a line of, um, of merch that kind of riffed off that. So when I saw a sweatshirt that just said Catholic high, it was kind of like the shirt that just says college, you know, mm-hmm. animal house. <laughs> so I don't actually know anything about that movie. I just know about that shirt. But, um, so I got it. So I was rocking this Catholic high. And then in, in kind of like a little cursive at the bottom, it says Bishop Helan. Mm-hmm. Um, the best line, though, I'm wearing this. One of our students who very clearly a transfer student, not a Catholic, he messed up his, I don't know, knee or something. So he's on the sidelines. We're talking during the game. They're, all the guys are telling me how cool the, the sweatshirt is. And I said, he goes, is that what it was called? And I said, yeah. But then a year later, I said, Bishop Helan probably passed away. And then they named it after him. He goes, Bishop Helan's a person? I said yes. Yes, I said you know that second bishop of the said, diocese of Sioux City. You know City. that enormous portrait of a guy that's just up on the wall that you see every day. I'm like, right. so that guy, that guy's bishop feeling, huh? Didn't know that. He actually lived. <laughs> He's real. So, yeah, Catholic high. That was exciting, um, and the game was good. So oh, good. Congrats on your swag throwback retro 1949 sweatshirt. Thank you. I yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was probably ever any you know swag going around Sioux City that actually said Catholic High, but you never know. There could be something. <laughs> That's there right. Could be something. Now I, I don't think you've probably been to any uh 
you know, high school playoff football games. I've not. Not here, no. Do you guys have your own little league at the seminary there? Um, well, I've been to a lot of soccer games with our own intramural leagues oh, here yes. at the seminary, but I haven't been to any football, American football, if you will. Ah, yeah, that's right. What new, what's been new in St. Louis, Father Shane? Well, um, we've got Convivium tonight. Oh, um, oh man! It's our big, it's our big fundraiser, our big uh, banquet and auction. With five hundred and forty guests will be coming tonight to the Chase Plaza Hotel, and uh, I'll be the MC for that. And looking forward to that. It's a great night. It's it's also nice to be doing it on the um, the memorial of Charles Borromeo, the patron saint of seminarians. Yes. Uh, so to support the seminary on such a, a prominent memorial the feast day of this northern Italian saint from the Counter-Reformation. Um, it's going to be a good night. Well, I'm going to preach for the Sarah Club banquet today, so you're giving me some uh, some, some homily pointers. So maybe if we just, okay. you just want to tell the story of yeah. <laughs> San Carlo just, the rest of the episode, and then I can just write it down sure. and just immediately go and preach about it. That'd be helpful. Yeah, uh, exactly. In the early 16th century, born in Lombardy. No, we, we'll move on with your topic here. <laughs> You know, that's the last thing about St. Charles. Um, it was neat. Father Mirko Socio, who used to be a uh-huh. spiritual director, my spiritual director at um, at Kenrick, he was from, I, I don't know if it was all one big massive Milan archdiocese when St. Charles was there, but I think it's been broken up into smaller ones since the 1600s. Mm-hmm. But um, his home parish in rural northern Italy was personally visited by St. Charles. And nice. not unlike... I love these. Like, not unlike legends about St. Patrick, the legend in his village was that there used to be snakes, but now there's no snakes after the bishop came and drove them away. And he said, I don't think there's a lot of snakes in this, like, mountainous town that you have to cross, like, a a river to get to. But St. Charles, you know, shooed them out if there were. Okay. So that's exciting. All right. Well, speaking of, you know, the the Roman martyrology and the saints on the calendar— you know, I mean, just the life of the church. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> don't, don't give me that look, Father Shane. Just saying cool things. Um, it is very, you know, we're within the first uh, few weeks of November as we record this podcast, and we just uh-huh. celebrated All Saints Day on November 1st. Uh, everybody, you probably celebrated Halloween. And then we um, commemorated All the Souls on November 2nd. And I wanted to talk about my experience of trekking around Calvary Cemetery um, searching for some graves of our bishops, but then also okay. just also my experience growing up. Um, I mowed my own cemetery with my great great grandparents in it in small rural um, Verina, Iowa. You know, in the middle of a cornfield for about five years, um, and served a lot of funerals. And as I was praying with All Souls Day, praying in the cemetery, walking around searching for these graves. Um, I was impressed at how my exposure to the church's the church's orientation toward death or like what the church actually thinks about death in light of the resurrection of Christ how that influenced my how that influenced my formation toward the priesthood how that in- influenced my formation as a Christian um so Father Shane what's funny and I'd like you to actually explain where these are I text you from the cemetery and I said well, what I intended to say is, where is Bishop Heelan's grave in reference to Garrigan, referencing yeah. the first two bishops of our diocese? Because Bishop Garrigan has this enormous, like, cathedra-like structure above his grave. Did you find that? Of, yeah, obvi- yes. Because okay, there's I'm a, glad big, you were there. There's an altar and a crucifix right next to it, so it sticks out, right? Well, when I text you, I said, where is Bishop Heelan's grave? But... I autocorrected to grace. So 
I said, where is Bishop Heelan's grace in reference to Garrigan? So it, it sounded like we were comparing the, like, you know, spirituality of the two diocesan high schools at one point. Yeah, so I didn't understand I, the yeah, message. Said, grave is what I was going for. And you, you gave some interesting but apparently unhelpful directions because I still couldn't find it. Well, uh, what I was trying to say is that on the top of the Golgotha section of Calvary Cemetery, which is the highest point. I was there. Okay, right in the center, at the highest point, out in the center of that plot, are the graves of three bishops and three monsignors nearby. Mm. Uh, it's the open area in between the trees, and Bishop Garrigan's grave will just be about, oh, 50 yards just towards the southwest, looking towards the downtown skyway, skyline. Right. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I don't I, know how else I to make it more clear. I'll have to go back. <laughs> I'll have to go back, and that's gonna be the invitation for everybody to go visit the cemetery. But, anyways, I was bummed that I couldn't go pray for um, the other bishops of our diocese, but I definitely prayed at um, that spot. Mm-hmm. However, here was my here was my experience of All Souls Day, Father Shane. Um, I didn't grow up with the experience of you know vis- visiting the cemetery on All Souls Day. That just wasn't a devotional practice of my parish or my family. But as I mentioned, I spent a lot of time. Um, at our local cemetery. I mowed it mm-hmm. from when I was in middle school through high school, I think one year into college. Um, <laughs> I mowed it and I used the weed whacker, which is not a fun experience if anybody has ever mowed a cemetery. But um, yeah. I was like the sole, you know, kind of caretaker of the of the cemetery um, as far as mowing the grass goes. Um, but then I also was the go-to altar server. I mean, there was only like four kids in my little tiny parish that served mass, but I would always serve these funerals. So I was always surround. I was always surrounded by um, the awareness of of death of people dying, mm-hmm. but especially of what funerals were like, um, of the incense that was used that everybody coughed at when you know, they saw the thurible come out once a year for the funeral at the church. Um, but the experience of praying at the cemetery, going to the burial, holding the holy water for the priest, holding the you know the ritual book for the priest, um, and always being encouraged by this hope because when I would mow the cemetery, I would constantly get to watch the families, especially around Memorial day, but I would watch the families come out, decorate their loved ones graves. But then also I got to watch people when they would just come out by themselves and pray. Mm-hmm. And I would just get to experience the, the connection that they had with their loved ones and the desire and the prayer that they had for them, that they would be with the Lord. It impressed me, but I don't think I realized how it impressed me because I don't think I realized at that time how few people have that same experience, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have an experience of going to funerals at a church. A lot of people have experiences of maybe going to funerals at um, funeral homes and maybe that being the sole experience, right? Um, not a lot of people visit cemeteries. So when I went to Calvary Cemetery in Sioux City on All Souls Day, there wasn't a lot of people there. And it was, be- mm-hmm. it was a beautiful day. It wasn't, wasn't bad weather. It was a beautiful evening with the sun setting. It wasn't a lot of people and mm-hmm. I sent out an invitation that morning um, to the kind of school community and just said, hey, this afternoon, 3.30, I'm going to go uh, visit the cemetery, receive this you know, indulgence that's offered from the church, um, praying at the cemetery, and I'd like for you guys to come. And to be fair, I sent it out kind of you know late in the game. People probably mm-hmm. had things going on, but only one person came. And it was just indicative that it's not a popular thing to do, you know, mm-hmm. going to the cemetery and praying. However... I think it's helpful because, um, as we've mentioned before, and you've spoken in a podcast not that long ago, um, how this awareness of our own mortality that can that can always help us just be oriented toward Christ. 
and be living in a relationship with him, recognizing that we'll come to the end of our life and he, he proposes eternal life. Mm-hmm. And, and the church's liturgy, the church's tradition, that all focuses on this real hope and eternal life that breaks through. So um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on maybe All Souls Day and that venerable tradition of visiting and praying at cemeteries, Father Shane. Well, I think one of the beauties that we have within our faith tradition is that when you do go to cemeteries, uh, some might want to portray them, especially in Hollywood films, as places that are really spooky and scary. Um, they're actually very sacred properties. Uh, this is why you know it's it's against the law to actually you know damage anything within a cemetery, regardless of the of the religious denomination. This is really sacred ground, and there's always been a, a tradition within Western civilization to kind of honor the dead, those who have gone before us, and those who have provided for so many things that we now enjoy. But especially within our Christian context, when we go to visit these sacred graves, we understand that this is the burial place. Uh, for our loved ones, but it's also the place that we get to encounter the living Lord, right? It almost becomes kind of an outdoor temple, an outdoor shrine, if you will, in which, as you said earlier, we're we're reminded of our own mortality, but just stepping onto that ground and surrounding ourselves with these graves, our mind is is ordered forward towards our ultimate encounter with Christ in judgment, um, but also just uh, with the hopeful desire of being part of the new and heavenly Jerusalem with all the saints in glory. Um, and we recognize that we still have a mission here as the church militant on earth to pray for the church suffering, those souls in purgatory who need our prayers, who are still being cleansed of any stain of sin, having been found worthy of eternal salvation, but before you know, waltzing into the glorious presence of the Trinity, might still have a stain of sin. And, and I know you're not intending to get a, you know a big a big lecture on on the reality of purgatory in this in this. Um, in this podcast, you know, we've talked about that in other places, um, but this is this is sacred territory that we're stepping into. Um, it's a place that reminds us of the spiritual bonds that we have with the faithful departed who have gone before us in death. Uh, but it's a place that we are reminded of our own mortality. If that doesn't if that doesn't kind of elicit a greater response in your own relationship with Jesus. Uh, and then the companionship that we speak to have with all the saints and angels in heaven, I don't know what will, right? Uh, there's just so much that happens there spiritually and imaginatively when stepping into the sacred ground of a cemetery. You know, that's funny. I've never thought until you've just mentioned that now. Obviously, at Halloween, you see different things around. And, but it's funny. I never associated the fact that I was spending so much time um, at the cemetery, in the cemetery, as I mowed it, as I took care of it, as I was, mm-hmm. I mean, visiting it often for um, for funerals, but then also most of, in this one small cemetery, I think my both my great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, grandparents, all my great-grandmother's siblings, my own grandfather, my my, um, my grandmother's second husband, buried right there. Um, and then Monsignor Ed Lilly, who is, you know, my last relation in the priesthood is buried right there that I mowed around his grave most of my mm-hmm. life. Um, I never associated with being spooky or scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I never did. It was just like, oh, and actually it was a real place of encounter. When I was discerning seminary, I had <laughs> many hours <laughs> on a mower in a cemetery, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't always this, this deep contemplation on the mower. It was often just trying to avoid a pretty intense sunburn, you know, being out in the middle of a cornfield. But right. it was not lost on me um, that yeah, you can't walk into a cemetery and just kind of have like be, I mean, I guess you can be indifferent to it. Um, but if you're if you're actually paying attention to what you're walking around, like, yeah, the fact, memento mori, that 
I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. It's just immediately, it's immediately, you know, I'm aware of that. Um, funny enough, when I was walking around Calvary, I mean, it's not funny. It's kind of beautiful. I saw a crotty uh, stone. Uh, and mm. I don't know any crotties in Sioux City, but as I was nice. hunting around for the bishops, I saw, you know, Gerard and Mary Crotty from like 1912 or something like that. And that oh. was just this helpful reminder. It's like a man with my own name, right? It's like mm-hmm. he was living his life. Um, and I, and I hope that he's with the Lord now, you know, but I had mm-hmm. to say, I, and I hope that I'm with the Lord now and I hope that I'm with the Lord in eternity. And I just, I've probably said this before, but I say it to young people all the time. It's like the, the teachings of the church on, on death, on the, on the four last things, like death, judgment, heaven, hell, um, people can get it. It, it can become complicated, but what I've said very simply is if you die in friendship with God, if you're in friendship with God and you die, you stay in friendship with God. If you're mm-hmm. not in friendship with God and you die, you don't just magically poof into friendship with God because he's a nice guy. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of it right there. Right. Um, but I would, I just hope that our, our listeners would actually maybe heed the invitation to go visit um, maybe the cemetery where your family is, or if you live in a larger city, like the kind of local cemetery, that's maybe even like down the street or you pass by um, when you go to work, especially in this um these early days of November, um, it you know if this comes out within the time frame, um, it'll be out in four days. It'll be out in four it days. It has to be. <laughs> it has to be. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So we'll still be in that. I think we'll still be in that sweet spot. Um, right. Yeah. Um, you know, there's an indulgence granted for that first week of November, but I think just a beautiful practice throughout the month of the whole month of November to go pray for the dead. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah, the s- church orders this whole month of November towards that that prayer intention, right? Yes. This is this is also underlining why we as as faithful Christians seek to bury the dead in the sacred ground of a cemetery. I know there's the common um, the common practice that's growing more popular about spreading people's ashes or dividing up ashes or just keeping the urn at home and throwing grandma in the closet. Um, but when we when we actually deposit someone into the sacred territory of a of a of a cemetery and we give them the rite of Christian burial and the ground is blessed with holy water. Not only is that, you know, we're, we're trying to designate that as sacred ground rather than just, you know, flinging somebody into the wind or to the, the streams and the rivers, but, but what is this doing to those who are grieving? Yes. You know, I know some people find cemeteries very difficult to go to because it reminds them of their grief and the loss and separation of their loved ones which might lend itself to thinking about death in a spooky and scary way. Um, but if you understand it to be a place, this is where I, this is a physical location on earth where I get to go back and encounter the memories of my loved ones to be as close to them as I possibly can still within the confines of death here in, in this lifetime. Um, that's a place of encounter with them in their memory, but it's also a place where I am reminded to pray for them and it's a place where I'm asking for their intercession in the hopeful presumption that they are with the saints and angels in heaven. Right. That that becomes a locus, like a physical location, a place of encounter with all of our loved ones who have gone before us, as well as all the, the faithful Catholics uh, who have gone before us in that parish who are also buried there, who you know transmitted the faith to us in the lived expression of Catholicism, in, in the lived traditions of our of our faith. Um, I don't think we can emphasize enough how how um, catechetical and how spiritual those visits to the cemeteries are, especially in this month of November. Right. 
I just end with one last anecdote from my time in Lamar's. Shout out to all those folks at All Saints. Um, there's there's kind of like a, a pretty quaint, iconic uh, look, as you've seen in, in Plymouth County there in Lamar's, where it's church, school, cemetery, all in the same mm-hmm. street. It's just kind of one big, beautiful campus. And then at one point, the, the adjacent property was also uh, the Catholic hospital run by sisters, too. So it was kind of this... One property, well, that property was given by Peter Galen, who the high school and the school system is named after. Mm-hmm. And he's buried right there. And there was just this, I felt this with my own family members, that three generations of my family are buried in the cemetery. Mm. Um, and it's, that, that's not lost on me. Like that, mm-hmm. that like my, like I belong to like as a diocesan priest in the Diocese of Sioux City, um, I didn't just get like randomly planted here. It's like, I belong in this, like this soil, <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like my, like my Irish, uh, you know, ancestors, they, they came to a tiny little spot in Pocahontas County in the middle of Northwest Iowa. Like, and we've mm-hmm. been there for a long time. Um, but I had the opportunity my first year at Galen and I know, um, doing celebrating mass in Iowa in a cemetery on November 2nd is pretty dodgy as the Brits would say, because it, <laughs> the, the weather is quite a gamble. Um, it could right. be, <laughs> it could be below zero or it could be 60 degrees within that like three days. So right. we kind of had something like that recently, but, um, I had the opportunity, I celebrated mass on the altar in the cemetery, and a number of high school students came out and joined. It was at the end of the school day. But there's actually a, a little ritual within the rite of celebrating mass in the cemetery that you can actually go and bless certain graves um, with mm-hmm. incense and with holy water. And I was to go and bless the grave of Peter Galen, who you know mm. our school is named after. But it was this beautiful opportunity to celebrate mass with members of my parish, with members of the community, who who all have relatives in the cemetery, right? And we're surrounded mm-hmm. by these by these graves, by these tombstones, but also just by the you know individuals' bodies there buried, um, interned in that cemetery right there. And it was it was such a tangible experience of the communion of saints, right? Like mm-hmm. go, looking around and knowing all of these kids' last names, and they have all of these different um, family members. But then also going right to the man whose generosity like started this whole you know community, really brought the faith to this particular place. Um, so. I think for that hope to be grounded and rooted in our own Christian community where we're from um, this month, even if it's just a short visit with a, with a couple Hail, Hail Marys um, mm-hmm. or if it's a real visit to your own um, loved ones who've, who've passed away um, to take. And I'm going to try to take that opportunity more and more this, this month as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope everybody else can too. So Father Shane, thanks for your, thanks for your thoughts. Well, your, your thoughts as well. It's good to have these reminders. Thanks for your devotion to praying for all the faithful departed, and let's remember them in this month of the dead. Yeah, I'm not very good at it, so I'm hoping to get better, and hopefully everybody else can too. God bless everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.